You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. And love. Oh, and love, he's got a real chance now. Peter and love. John Walk will take the penalty. Up goes Dion Dublin! Unknown goal from Ruddock! Ball by Frank here for Kiwabia. Panister and Bruce in the queue again. Bruce scores! Oh, a magnificent goal from Darren Huckabee! Still rule Fox. He's gone to the left. Oh. Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin Will He Score the 90s Football Podcast. I am Josh Whittacombe and with me every week are my co-host Chris Skull. Hello, pleasure to be here. And what we are kind of pompously calling <laughs> <laughs> Director of Podcasting, producer Michael Marden. Hello. Hello. Lovely to have you here. Lovely to be here. Here we go. Here we go. You could say it's the podcast I've waited 17 years to do. <laughs> um, basically, what we want to do is every episode we're going to go deeply into a topic of 90s football. Maybe the best way of explaining it is to give an idea of A, what today's episode is about, and B, the episodes we've got coming up. So rather than pontificating about some kind of plan we have, let's just say what we're going to do and it kind of give a taste. And if that sounds not your scene... And I'm pretty sure a lot of people who won't be there seen, but to the people it will be the scene of, I need to stop saying scene. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today we're talking to the greatest 90s footballer of all time, Matthew Letizio. Yeah, wonderful man. And also he's your favourite Premier League footballer like of all time, which we, we just like, you'll find out in that episode. Incredible, incredible it was, scene. It, it was Where do we go? Don't say scene. You almost said scene. <laughs> so the other ones we've got coming up, we've got Ellis James, the comedian and professional Welshman, talking about Bobby Gould's reign as Wales manager. Also, we've got um, got Miles Jacobson coming on to talk about championship manager in the 90s. We've got... I mean, that alone. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. We're giving you gold here. What more do you want? Exactly. That's one we're excited about. Paul Merson, talking about Paul Merson. Yeah. 
That's not just going to be drinking drugs. There In fact, it will be anything but. Let you know a secret. We've pre-recorded it already, and there's an anecdote about public transport times. Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> so cancel your plans. Yeah. <laughs> what is it about the '90s view, Josh, that makes this an incredible time? Why do? Why are we here? Why are we here? Um, what I think about the '90s is well, a it's when I was young, and I think everyone liked when they were young. But I think why the '90s appeals to me to talk about is it's the last decade where you'd watch a World Cup and there'd be players you'd never heard of uh, who would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. It was the start of the Premier League era, but the innocence was still there. Yeah, no, so it wasn't the harshness of the 70s and the 80s in football, yeah. but it was certainly not the kind of professionalism of the 2000s, as, as yeah. the Matt Letizia interview will attest. <laughs> you had the drinking culture, the laissez-faire attitude to professionalism, exactly. combined with huge audiences and ridiculous money, also, we don't want this just to be about us. We want to get correspondence going. That's the plan. Yeah. Because we're lazy. <laughs> and it's a communal experience. People will have incredible memories of this exactly. period. Let's not let them go to waste. <laughs> we are here. We are like the British yeah. Library of 90s yeah. football. We're looking for correspondence on anything. Michael, um, how can they get in touch? If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email us hello at quicklykevin.com or you can tweet us at quicklykevin or if you want to use Facebook or Instagram they are both quicklykevin if you've but- got any anecdotes in the 90s you were in a video shop with Vinny Samuels you were at a <laughs> petrol station with Paul Parker this is the forum that memory and- of yours would have been forgotten for like 20 odd years oh, the other but no bring it we, back We're because YouTube is a great resource if you want to go down a wormhole of 90s clips <laughs> so if you've got any favourite clips Send them in. Send them in. Topics you want us to cover, send them in. Yeah. Well, I think when you listen to it, you'll get an idea of the kind yeah. of things we're looking for. Um, is there anything else we need to say? I don't think there is really. No. Oh, one more thing before the interview starts. So you may have noticed it's called Quickly Kevin Will He Score? Oh, oh uh, God. Yeah, yeah, we should deal with this. <laughs> we should deal with this. We thought, it was, this was your idea, Chris, because we were going, what should we call it? Should we call it the 90s podcast? And then you said, let's call it Quickly Kevin Will He Score? And I knew what you were talking about. It's a quote from Brian Moore from 1998 World Cup when David Batty steps up to take the penalty yeah. and he turns to Kevin Keegan and he says quickly Kevin will he score and well, I said, well that's how I remember that's it. how I remembered it Michael came to record the theme tune which you've heard yeah and then uh, I sourced the audio clip from YouTube <laughs> and had trouble finding the exact yeah. clip because basically we misremembered it. Yeah, but so, that's what this podcast is yeah, about. Exactly. It's about your memories of events, not yeah. necessarily what happened. So what do, we've heard it already. Print the legend, not the truth, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else we need to say before Matt Letizia? Uh No, I think that's it. I think we're good to Just go. Just buckle up and get ready for the ride of your life. Strap the ride of your guys. 90s life. Put on your stushy jacket. Put on your kickers. <laughs> tuck your school tie into your top. Lace up your predators. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think basically we've come off on forever, but we've got Matt Letizia, so why bother? So, yeah. shall I do a class, the kind of classic podcasting? That'd be thing? nice. I think they'd appreciate that. Yeah, a bit of professionalism. professionalism. <laughs> this is Matthew Letizia. You know, there's danger around when Letizia is over the ball. Oh, that's unbelievable! Letizia does it again. Hello and welcome to the 90s podcast, Matt Letissier. Good, Hello, how are you? In the flesh. How are you, boys? Oh, Very good. So I, um, excited. I said to Chris last night, he didn't realise this when he booked you in, that you are my favourite player of all time. Oh, Josh. I know. <laughs> Another man who said uh, that you 
or his hero is Xavi. Played for Barcelona. He said yeah. that you were that you were his hero. Do you hear that? I did hear that. Yeah. He said yeah. everyone in his household was what would watch you every week because you were scoring the most unbelievable goals. That was um, very humbling to hear that. Yeah. Actually. yeah I was, <laughs> they were actually huge fans that. of Francis Benali, weren't they? But they, <laughs> they just watch you in the crossfire. They enjoyed the red card every now and then. <laughs> um, oh, that was lovely. I, a little, and he sent me a signed shirt as well. Did he? Yeah, did you send him one my, back? Uh, I, I did. He didn't ask for one. Actually, oh. but I would have done if he'd have asked. <laughs> <laughs> well, Southampton in the 90s, we were saying last night, like, we wanted to know if you could remember the sponsors that you had in the 90s. Uh, uh, excluding Friends Provident, okay. could you name the three other sponsors you had? Uh, yes, I think I can. We've started with a strange question. <laughs> Sanderson was one of them. Yeah. Uh, Dimplex was another one. Yeah. yeah. And I reckon the other one must have been... <laughs> Draper. Oh wow! Yes. We're on fire already. Yeah, we so we've got no idea. What the hell is Dimplex? <laughs> Heaters. Heaters. Yeah. Heaters. Did yeah. you? Did you? No, we didn't. <laughs> Not one. Not also one. sponsored by Draper Tools for about the first six years of my career. Never saw a screwdriver. In really? Never toolbox. Not, nothing. Not a single screwdriver for free. And what does Sand about Sanderson? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> It all started so well. I got the first four questions right, and now I'm struggling. Sanderson, I was never really. I'm gonna have to Google them. Right I imagine they don't no, exist no, anymore. No. Um, when we were looking at this on Wikipedia, it's got a weird page where it's got your sponsors, Southampton sponsors, and the kit manufacturers, okay. and it said 1999, no kit manufacturer. Homemade, yeah. Homemade, yeah, in house. Really, Mary save, and Papa are sewing them together. What? Yeah, yeah. Why are you having a homemade kit? We had a rather strange chairman who thought that would be a really good idea. <laughs> uh, Mr. Mr. Lowe was in charge at that oh, point, yeah. and uh, I don't know if they'd fallen out with the kit makers or something, or it was like four p cheaper to make your own. <laughs> that was the kind of financial world we were living in back then. <laughs> what was the quality of the kit like? Did you get it and go? What it wasn't is great. Really? It, yeah, no, it wasn't great. Those kits in the nineties weren't. I mean, I can remember playing in. Um, we had the, I don't know if you're old enough to remember the 1986 World Cup where Denmark yeah. had a lovely Hummel kit. Oh, yeah, lovely. And we had that just after mm. that World Cup. For, so oh, you were playing couple, the Denmark? So we played in the Denmark kit, yeah, for a couple of years when I was very skinny. What do you mean you played in the Denmark kit? It, yeah, they well, obviously put same. a Southampton badge on it. But... <laughs> Exactly same kit with a different badge. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, so that that was quite, and that was quite a nice kit. It was like, and then the fabric in the nineties just went a bit crap, really. All cut like when it rained. It was like like carrying around a four-ton shirt on you. (laughs) Rubbish. And they're also oversized as well. Like pictures of you with the shoulders like halfway down the arms. Massive, yeah. There was no made-to-measure kits in those days. It was like, what do you want? I oh, like XL, whatever. <laughs> um, the Dell in the night. Obviously, that's such a like, special ground. There was no other football grounds that looked like the Dell. It the was, weird stand behind weird, the goal. Yeah, it was odd. It was, I was a, obsessed some funny with the stand angles that fell, that stand. fell yeah. away. Why did it do that? Well, it didn't do it on purpose. There's a no. road that runs behind that stand. Yeah, I didn't think there'd been an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of in the middle of housing and stuff, and you had to fit in, in around the roads that were going around, and that's why mm. it was a bit of a funny shape, and it cut off at the corner a little bit. But uh, we loved it. Did you? <laughs> yeah, we did. And mm. it was a sad day when that finally got knocked down what was the capacity of the Dell uh, well at the end because it was all seater it was only 15,251 wow. um, but 
I think the record attendance uh, there was over thirty thousand when it was, yeah, you know, standing and all that stuff, and and people getting when they weren't supposed to in the days when you could like jump over the fence, <laughs> um, slip the turnstile out of quid and they let you in. That guy. Um, the Dell obviously is gone, but Letitia Court is there now. Have you been? Uh, I have been. I've done a few interviews inside the oh, really? uh, inside the old Dell. Yeah. So yeah, what is it? Housing. Yeah. And are they all named after players or just... Yeah, yeah, all named after various um, players uh, of differing uh, <laughs> differing fame. <laughs> Have you got the Who's best the worst court? player? Yeah. Uh, there's a couple there that I went, really? What is that then? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Benali Terrace. A little bit before my time. <laughs> Carl Court, that's one. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, so do you get the best court and then my, like, it works? My one is kind of almost where I scored the last goal at the Dell mm. it's that end of the pitch and just they should run. be arranged in formation so you should be behind the front two of yeah that's yeah, good. <laughs> yeah in the hole. they've kind of built it so you can stand in the middle and you can you can kind of almost visualise where the stadium was with the way that they've done the houses and stuff yeah and there's a little patch they left from the pitch in the middle just a little square oh, you sound quite emotional talking yeah. about the Dell I do I loved it my whole career was there you yeah, know well, apart yeah. from a couple of games that I played in the last season that I played it was the first season we were at St Mary's I was injured most of it so yeah. my entire career basically was the Dell well now let's start going through your career in a random kind of order okay. the title of this episode is going to be the best and worst premiership player and you're obviously the best the <laughs> I worst believe, I, I fully believe that the worst I'll, I'll argue that to my dying day <laughs> thank you Josh no worries now the worst and I'm going to be spread on that tiny little bit of grass <laughs> <laughs> um, the worst consistently voted the worst Ali Dyer now the two of you crossed the touchline together your career's Almost intertwined. Yeah. Let's go back to the start. So let's of go Ali to the Dyer. start. If you're listening and you don't know who Ali Dyer is, um, then you shouldn't be listening, really. <laughs> you know nothing about 90s football. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. isn't the point. How have you got this far into the podcast? Surely you should have turned off at the discussion of the Dells stand. <laughs> um, so, Ali Dyer, when was the first time you heard about Ali Dyer? Um, when he turned up for training um, before we played against Leeds at home on the Saturday. We had a, a rumour that uh, this guy was was George Ware's cousin and that George had rang up Graham Soonis and said, you should take a look at my cousin, he's a really good player. Uh, and so and this guy turned up uh, in training. Did you talk to him? I don't recall talking to him. You though. didn't? Because I'd have what said, did anyone ask him about George Ware? I don't believe so. I'm not, his English wasn't that good, actually. Oh, was it not? Uh, not No. I bet it was. That was part of the lie. It probably was, yeah. It probably was perfect. I mean, the lies he told, I think the language is a small one. (laughs) So he turned up at training. He turned up at training, um, and I can remember thinking, watching him training, going, what's this bloke doing? (laughs) I I honestly thought he'd won a competition. He's come to train with us in the local paper. <laughs> and he turned on this. That must have happened quite a lot at Southampton. <laughs> we had a few, <laughs> but it was strange. It was like so, he could barely. He could. He yeah. wasn't very good. So in training. So what kind of things are you doing on a day like uh, that? So we were playing. I remember the the Friday before the game. It was always pretty relaxed on the Friday. We did a little warm up. Then we'd have a little game of five aside. You know, it wasn't anything too strenuous. But even in the five aside, I was looking at him going, ooh. <laughs> 
okay. <laughs> and then, so that was on the Friday, and then we turned up on the Saturday at the Dell, and we sat in the change room about uh, up past one, three o'clock kickoff, and and he's in there. <laughs> and we're all thinking, what yeah, is that? Was a good competition. <laughs> <laughs> he gets to come and listen to the team talk and everything. Did, when he turned up for training, did he know what to do? Was it like, was he know? Oh, here are the boots. Did he bring his own boots? Like, um, that's a good. No, he would have been given. He would have been given his own kit, his kit. But he would have had to have bought his own boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a, as a trialist, you don't get given. You know, you're given boots. Uh, so, uh, but he would have been. He would have been all kitted up properly. Um, did he look uh, nervous? Yes, yeah, he did look a little bit, uh, and maybe, yeah, maybe his performance was down to nerves. Maybe he was actually a really good player. Yeah, he just got a little bit tense. <laughs> would you get that with players that would turn up on their first day in training and be rubbish? You could see the ones that were were really nervous to be there, and yeah, uh, and it does make a difference. So when you're in the dressing room, were you thinking there's a chance he's going to be good? <laughs> Not really, <laughs> not really. And it was it was quite odd because I remember the team being named and then Graham Soon is going and and the subs are so and so and Ali Dia. Like, really? <laughs> Jeez. Or was there only two subs in those days? I think it was two or th- maybe three yeah, yeah. tops. So there might have been two and a goalkeeper. Yeah, I think it might have been in those days. And then, sure enough, twenty minutes into the game, uh, I get a thigh strain. And uh, and I can't continue in the game, and I, well, I was like, I got to come off. And I looked up, and then and he stood on the touchline. I'm thinking, <laughs> no, he's <laughs> no, no. And so forever was part of you excited to see him play? Not really. No, obviously, we wanted to win the game. Yeah. I mean, win bonuses were like quite yeah. good in those days right. com- in comparison to what we were earning yeah. as a weekly wage. So uh, yeah, I wasn't um, best pleased to see him come on. And forevermore now, when the name of Ali Deer gets mentioned as the worst player ever to play in the Premier League, I have to sit there and go, yeah. And he came on. <laughs> he came on. <laughs> how, how bad is bad? Like, is he like a League Two player? Well, or like, he, would uh, it, Josh uh, or I, could we have got away with it for as long? Yeah. Um, possibly. I've really. Possibly. He was well, just like, a bloke on the street. He went from us, he then went, I think, to play at Gateshead. Yeah. So, you know, he's dropped from Premier League. <laughs> Quite a few divisions yeah. in one hit. And even then, I'm not sure he was that great no. for Gateshead. He's on the subs bench for then. I've been obsessed with the question. I've argued this with my friend Tom, right? He believes that if you played up front for a season for a Premier League team, 90 minutes a week, you would score one goal by the law of averages. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know. Mm. You've got to be half decent to, to actually get a goal. Do you not really? think the ball bobbling around from a corner? <laughs> <laughs> it's a shake of the head. Put your body in there. Oh, I'm not sure. If it's in the mixer long enough. I'm not sure. If, you, if you're really bad, I'm not sure you get even one. I mean, it's quite a tough place to score goals, you know. I might have made it look easy, but it wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> um, just on Ali Dyer, so like my uni mate Mark, he, he maintains that he was there that day when Ali Dyer played and he said he, he wasn't that bad. <laughs> Like he's, he maintains that it was like some misunderstanding. I mean, what did he look like? I think you're on record saying Bambi on ice. But like, what was he doing? <laughs> Headless chicken kind of sprang to mind a little bit as well. Um, did he have positional he sense? Had a, he like, had a not great positional sense. 
And I can remember though, he, he did have a really good chance to score. I think he, did nearly, he? he very nearly scored. Yeah, the ball got <laughs> flashed across the front of goal, and he went flying in, and I think he missed missed the ball completely. But he got subbed off, didn't yeah. he? As well, he did. Yeah. So he think he came on after 20 minutes for me, uh, and I think he went off again on about it was about 65, 70 minutes. Or yeah. Something. yeah. He came off for Ken Moncow, and we were saying, was that a positional change? You know, did did Sooners think actually, you know, you've done your job, Ali? <laughs> no, I think Sooners probably thought at this point Ken Moncow is a better centre forward than Ali. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he spent his career at centre back. <laughs> so let's talk about the fallout after the game. You get in the dressing room. I presume Ali sat there, head in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> what happens? Is he sheepish about what he's done? Um, I'd be terrified if I was him at this point. Yeah. All I can remember is that <laughs> I remember speaking to the physio on Monday morning, and um, apparently. Ali Deer had reported in on the Sunday after the game to the physio for some treatment. I don't know if he was trying to claim that he got subbed because he was injured, right, not because he was just rubbish. Unbelievable bottle. Uh, so he turned he turned up on the Sunday, had some treatment with the physio on the Sunday morning, and then decided that he'd had enough, and he left, and he just went. Wow. Uh, wow. Left his the, the hotel that he was staying at. He just did a run just around that. It. Left the hotel bill unpaid. Did he know oh. the game was up? Was he scared of Sooness? Like scared of? I Sooness don't know going, if he thought somebody, somebody might have rumbled what was going on, and he's just done a and he's done one. So on the Monday morning, do you guys come in and go? Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> where's our I did, but that's how that's how I found because I went into the physio. I went, where's the lad that played on Saturday? <laughs> Even. I like the fact he still didn't know his name. Done a roller. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Lad, lad that played on <laughs> It was a very, very odd turn of events. Well, did Sunes ever say to the team, I'll admit that? I don't, yeah. Do you know what? <laughs> the strange thing about it all is that I've seen Graham quite a few times since, and I've never been brave enough to ask him. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he'd just rip my head off if I, if I start ripping the mick out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing about it is, no due diligence. He, no. Just, no. he just put him straight in. There. Put him None straight whatsoever. in. Incredible. Yeah, I kind of admire it as a move. Oh, brilliant! Mm. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. The front to do that. <laughs> I, I mean, how, how would you even invent that? It also, it's like the... sat there in a pub and go, "I bet you can't play in the Premier League with his mates." <laughs> yeah, go, right. I'll take that bet on. <laughs> if, how am I going to do this? Uh, yeah, I know. Did they ever find out who made the call, pretending to be George Weah? I heard no it was his cut, like uh, yeah, a friend of his. It's, it's and did it might have actually been know George Weah? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good question. I'm not sure their paths would have crossed. No. Mm. Yeah. I love the idea that George Weah would have thought. I'm going to call Graham Sooners of all people. <laughs> I know. He's looking for his contact book. Comes across Sooners. Here we go. Which club are going to be gullible enough to call for this? Would he have got paid for that, Ali, dear? Mm. Did you win? No. No. Oh, good. No, I don't oh. think we won. We never beat Leeds. <laughs> um... All right, other aspects of your Southampton career. Um, your diet has come in for some questioning. And I found a few a few articles where you've said you may have had a, your pre-match meal was an omelette. Yes. Is that the kind of thing that footballers eat now? Um, I think it wasn't a bad pre-match meal. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's actually quite, quite, it's quite, quite, it quite protein-y. Yeah. yeah. What would you have in your omelette? Uh, cheese. Oh. Oh. No. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been healthier. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, cheese omelette and baked beans. That was kind of what I. It's I, getting worse. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys know the anything about part. food? Well, do you know when we first. <laughs> this is true, this, right? When we first started, this is how things have changed. So, 1985, when I joined Southampton as an apprentice, this is how our diet went. We used to come in in the mornings at nine o'clock get, to get all the kit prepared for all the pros and everything. Yeah. And on the sheet in the in the home team change room was just a blank piece of paper and a pen, and you had to write your name on it and what you wanted for your lunch at the at the Dell Cafe, what? the supporters Del club, Cafe. at the supporters club. That's where we used to have yeah. our lunches, and you could have anything you wanted. <laughs> so I was like, "That's brilliant!" I used to get in the morning sausage, egg, chips, and beans every lunchtime, <laughs> except Tuesdays when I knew that Tuesday afternoon was our fitness afternoon. And we were going to be running our tits off. And then I just used to have like a sandwich because <laughs> I knew I'd be thrown up <laughs> if I had a proper meal. But you could just eat that cheeseburgers. Like, oh my you could God. just write down what you wanted. Wow. I love the ambition Nobody... of sausage, chips, and beans. That's <laughs> I know. I know. Nobody was so no one knew bothered that... about all they did. All we got, we got weighed. Oh, did you? So we were weighed on a Monday morning and on a Friday morning just to make sure you weren't kind of yeah. putting loads of weight on. Um, but nobody was really bothered about what the breakdown of that weight was yeah, yeah. about 48% body fat yeah. you know what I mean it didn't matter as long as you as long as on the scales it, it said 11 and a half stone yeah I wish. this episode is brought to you by Hotels.com I was traveling internationally last year I was in Mallorca I didn't know the island well I said let me head to the north head towards the water let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What yeah. about the the rumors of Egg McMuffin, uh, sausage Egg McMuffin before training? Is that true? Yeah, for a short period of time. <laughs> it was really hard though because I used to I take my my lad to school and then 
from his school to the training ground. I had to drive immediately past the McDonald's. <laughs> You're only human. And the car just sometimes went in there without <laughs> even thinking about it. Was it a drive-through? Yeah, it was drive-through. <laughs> so I used to have two sausage and egg McMuffins. Um, <laughs> two? But oh, you yeah. can get away with that because you're yeah. the best player on the team, surely. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. Uh, I did do that. Not. I mean, not every day. Mm. Um, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once or twice a week, maybe. <laughs> little treat. Um, but what I did find is that, <laughs> this is absolutely true, I, if I had <laughs> the two sausage muffins, like if I was running a bit late and it was a bit close to when we started training that I was eating these, I used to start training and I used to get like really faint and like start really sweating profusely. <laughs> oh my God. And, the and like going all cold and, and, and the physio went, you're right. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. So I'm feeling really, really faint. He was like, what have you eaten this morning? <laughs> I was like, uh, I had a couple of sausage and egg McMuffins in the car on the way here. <laughs> right. He said, that, that'll have something to do with it. He said, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that so close. He didn't say, he never said, don't never, do yeah. that. He said, just don't oh. do that so close to training. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll go there an hour earlier tomorrow. <laughs> and then uh, kind of towards the back end of my career, they started getting a bit a bit more serious about what you should be eating and all that kind of stuff. And Glenn Hoddle brought in the dietitian to give us all a, a chat about the mm-hmm. right foods that we should be eating. And uh, and this dietitian came up to me afterwards because Glenn was obviously worried about my, my eating habits. And uh, so the dietitian came to me and she gave me this book and it was a journal two yeah. weeks she said I want you to write down everything <laughs> oh no that you eat and drink for the next two take weeks take you back in to the start journal. when you got to Southampton you used to write down what you wanted <laughs> yeah. for lunch no, yeah. <laughs> different reasons yeah. she said everything that you eat or drink you have to write it down for the next two weeks and I went fair enough I was like quite honest I didn't like hide yeah. anything so I did and I wrote down everything that I'd eaten and I gave it to her after two weeks and she sat there for about five minutes looking through and she went how are you a professional athlete? What <laughs> <laughs> if she said that you brought I in went, the menu from Little Chef? <laughs> yeah. I'm not an athlete, I'm a footballer. There's a difference. Yeah, my diet habits weren't the best. They're still not. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about international football. Before we talk about England, there was a flirtation with France, I understand. It Gerard Houllier mm. rang your dad. He did. How, how did he, he get did. his number? What did he say? Well, Got it off George Weyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's number was in the phone book. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that hard to find. You know what I mean? yeah. You didn't have to do too much digging. <laughs> um, but yeah, he had, a, he had a dad received a couple of phone calls from, from Gerald. He was uh, Michel Platini's assistant at the time and asking him if my dad would speak to me and try and talk me into playing for France. Do you regret it? No. No. no? Well, I didn't qualify for a start. <laughs> <laughs> He hadn't done his homework properly. <laughs> so, yeah, you would have to have had grandparents who were French to actually qualify oh, right, to, to right. play for France, and I didn't. So they'd just so. seen the words Letitia and pretty much got got, that looks like one of us. <laughs> that looks like a friend of <laughs> me. As it happens, Graham Rousseau does have French grandparents, oh, and he, he really? could have played for France, yeah. yeah wow. He wouldn't have played. Yeah. Lisa Rizou would have been around yeah. at the time, wouldn't he? Yeah, decent. Decent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, World Cup winner. He's, he's decent, he's isn't he? Right. Yeah, he's he won't bad as a left back. <laughs> um, England. We want to talk about England, but maybe first talk about England B. 
Probably the, the highlight of my England career. That was that England B game. We were watching the highlights last night. Yeah. It's Roy of the Rovers it's stuff. It's amazing. And has anyone ever played better in a game of football than you did for uh, that Patrick night, England B hit the, against hit Russia? The oh, hit the Woodward twice. Set up the other twice, goal. Yeah. Incredible. Did, did I set up the other one as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blimey, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. I so, was. I was probably. I mean, I wasn't noted for for maybe being involved in the match for the entire 90 minutes in my career but that game was probably about the best 90 minutes I played in my career and did you think I'm going to World Cup now do you know what I didn't uh, because I never I would never have assumed that I never put myself in that position because uh, I knew what football was like I did think that because of that night I knew there was going to be a squad of 30 announced for the World Cup squad which was going to go to La Manga and then it would be trimmed down to 22 or 23 from there and I thought after that I thought I think I've got a chance of getting in that 30 now yeah obviously I, I didn't I wouldn't have assumed that I'd get in that because I hadn't really been in, in that many squads uh, up until that point uh, but I thought that that must have been enough to get in the 30 and then uh, he named the 30 and I was like really? What? <laughs> Yeah. Cheers for that. Yeah. What was the point what, of the what? England B? I've just wasted 90 minutes <laughs> no, the of my life. I could have been eating an egg with muffin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I could have saved that hat-trick for <laughs> Southampton game. <laughs> Do you know, so we, we looked at the team sheet for that game. So here's a quiz. Oh, blind. Can you name oh, God. five players that played for England B that day? Wow. To give you an idea, I hadn't okay. heard of two of the players. <laughs> I've heard of three. <laughs> and one of them was the worst West Ham player I'd ever seen. Okay. Uh, I think Darren Anderton played that night. Correct. He, yeah. And he did go to the World Cup. And he went to the World Cup. Yeah. Les Ferdinand played that night. Yeah, he went, he went to the World, to World Cup. Cup. Yeah. Not the, not the, they're the two you remember. <laughs> I think they're the two that went, yeah, from yeah. that game. Yeah. They were the only two from that game that went. Um, blimey, now I'm going to start asking questions. Uh Oh, um, David Johnson. Who's David Johnson? No, I don't think he. No, I don't think he did. Who's you, David you Johnson? Sure? No. Did he not start? Did he come on a sub? Uh, no, he did. He did. Oh. He came over Nick Barnby. Yeah, oh, who's David Barnby? Johnson? Nick Barnby was another one. <laughs> <laughs> That's four. I, I, can't, uh, I keep saying this. You, no one's. Oh, the manager. Who is David Johnson? Did he play for Forest? Oh, was he striker? Yeah, striker. Yeah. Um, S. Uh, S. Watson. Who's that? Steve, Steve Watson. Watson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Steve Watson. Yeah. Carl um, Sarant. Who's that? Is it Carl Sarant? Is it Steve Sarant? Is that Carl Sarant? Look on your face. Have you heard Say of that? Uh, is it Carl Sarant? C Sarant? How do you spell that? S E R R A N T. Really? Yeah, I know. I know. We were sat there going, I never. Someone's made that up. Have you had number nine, Ali Dyer? Changed nationality as well, brilliant. Have you Googling Carl Sarant? Yeah, I am. Let me just do it on my phone. Yeah, it's probably, it might be quicker. You've never. Did Mickey Gray play in that game? No, Wayne Quinn did. Wayne Quinn. Wayne Quinn. Yeah. Left back. Yeah. Remember yeah, him? Fond yeah. memories? <laughs> Carl Sarant is... OK, this is a Wikipedia page. He played for Oldham, 1994 to 98. Wow. He was a left-back as well. That was during the real height of England's left-sided problem, <laughs> know, wasn't I it? I know. He got Stuart <laughs> Pearce, Lasso. He played 90 games for Oldham, then he went to Newcastle for three years and played six games. Yeah. 
Wow. Isn't that weird? That is weird. I've completely... Wow. (laughs) Okay. Next episode we're doing is with Carl Sarant. Let's see if he remembers you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Young Jamie Carragher played that night. that, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he played full 90. Wow. Where was it? Loftus Road. Loftus Road, yeah. Uh, And was Hoddle in charge? Or was there a uh, BT manager? Peter Taylor. Yeah, Peter, Peter Taylor. Taylor's manager, yeah. So did yeah. Hoddle say anything to you after left that? before the third goal, before my hat-trick goal. Did he? Yeah. Oh, my God. The arrogance. Wow. Why? I didn't want to miss the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to get caught in the traffic. <laughs> didn't, yeah. didn't, didn't want to miss the traffic. Three thousand yeah, people there. <laughs> did you see him leave? Uh, no, I, I only got told afterwards. <laughs> oh. yeah. Did he call you after the match and say... No. No? Uh, nothing? You know, from that night, the next time I saw Glenn was actually after he'd been sacked as England manager yeah and uh, it was a bizarre a bizarre meeting because I was having dinner with my girlfriend at the time in a posh hotel down in the New Forest it was getting quite late and there was only a couple of tables left in the restaurant but I had my back to most of the restaurant and um, and my girlfriend at the time was kind of looking across at this couple who were having an argument oh no uh, late on and yeah so they were having like cross words and she's going they're not getting on very well over there <laughs> she didn't really know anything about football so she didn't so I turned around to have a really not like that and it's Glenn Hoddle <laughs> I was like oh no <laughs> do you reckon they were arguing and, and, about your exclusion from the 1980 I, I hope she was trying to put my case forward for <laughs> so he's how did drink. you leave him out <laughs> so uh, I just did what any normal person would do and I called the waiter over and I went we're just going to ask a couple over there if they'd like a drink oh, oh. no <laughs> so he yeah. did and yeah. then Glenn turned around I was like yeah. right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you pick a French so, 1998 vintage <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then Great the next meeting the next time <laughs> yeah. I meet Glenn he's walking into the training ground oh yeah manager. I yeah. know God. oh yeah oh man have you met him like do you see him around since yeah Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was probably the only time that you you felt like you could have been in the squad properly. It felt like a miscarriage. Maybe 1996 as well. Do you honestly want England to win the World Cup when you've been left out of the squad? Yeah. Really? Really? Hundred yeah. percent. There's not even one yeah. percent of you that goes, "I'm glad you want him to fail." No. Like when they lost to Argentina, isn't that no, part of you I'm going? I'm a fan. You're an England yeah. fan. It doesn't matter that you kind of almost got there. You still want, still want to win the World Cup, yeah. You're a better man than me. <laughs> I know what we're saying. I can't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> you would have wanted Glenn Hoddle to be yeah. England's World Cup winning manager. He's up there with the World Cup. Yeah. Eileen Drury's there. Yeah. There's champagne spraying everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your wow. body language says otherwise. Uh, yeah. I'm just trying to think if I do now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've turned me. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about managers. You had a few really colourful characters in your career. Firstly, Alan Ball. Yeah. Your record for Alan Ball is insane. 45 goals in 65 games. Rumour has it, he let you do what you wanted. Um, Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Um, so when Ballie took charge in January 93, we were in deep trouble at the bottom of the league and so basically him and Lauren McMenemy put on a training session out on the pitch at the Dell uh, and they kind of got everybody together and he kind of stood us in the Did positions. you train in the stadium? 
this particular day we yeah. did yeah we didn't very often oh. um, so we were going to play against Newcastle on the Saturday so I think this was on the Thursday and so he got us all out and he picked 10 players he picked a back three so we're going to we're going to play with a back three and we're going four across midfield and two players up front and he and obviously the goalkeeper and then he put us all in these positions and he picked like three and then the four and then the two and I was like I ain't in this team <laughs> and then I suddenly thought actually he's only picked 10 players here and then he come put his hand in, on, on my shoulders and he put me in the middle of everybody and he went this is your best player <laughs> oh no yeah. oh no so this is your best player this is your best chance of getting out of relegation every time you get the ball the first thing I want you to do is try and pass to him <laughs> Honestly, that's exactly what he did. How did you feel about that? I felt 10 feet tall. Did you? You yeah. didn't feel pressure? No, no. I felt, I was like that. Oh, my God. Yeah, he this bloke's won the World Cup. Yeah. And he thinks, I'm a, I'm a great player. Yeah. And then, and then that next 18 months were just the best 18 months of my career. All because I had a bloke who'd won the World Cup who thought I was a great player. Mm. And it just sent my confidence levels through the roof. Did the, uh, what did the other players do when they... They were, they were fine. Because, because uh, <laughs> they knew it because too. Because we started winning games, yeah, and we we escaped relegation on the last day of the season. Those last couple of months of that season were just—I was just playing some best football of my career, uh, and I'd scored most of the goals on the run-in. And if I hadn't scored, I'd set them up for other people. Mm. And so we stayed up. So everything was fine. So you didn't get any dissent from any players because we would get win bonuses, and we stayed up. Which was which was what everyone wanted to do. The following season season was pretty much uh, the same. He brought in Ronnie Eklund uh, to come play in midfield. Who was who was brilliant footballer. We had him on loan from Barcelona. Uh, had a great partnership with him. That season was great. I think I scored thirty goals. You know, we finished tenth. That was the season where four teams got relegated from the Premier League. Oh yeah, ninety four, ninety five. Mm. We'd obviously been flirting for a few years, <laughs> so you can imagine nervy looking at looking yeah. at it going. Oh, and there's another team that gets relegated this year. <laughs> right, we better pull our fingers out here. So yeah, we finished tenth that season, and, and everything was great. And then kind of Bawley left, and Man City nicked him off us. Yeah, uh, what's happened to them, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got relegated actually the following season <laughs> yeah. and we stayed up on the last day <laughs> so, oh, so yeah it wasn't his greatest decision but yeah can I talk to you about my favourite Southampton player except you okay Is it, a, am I going to be surprised could I well, guess it uh, if I tell you I'm a Plymouth fan Mickey Evans yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow he did a very good short term job for us yeah he, he did it was, it was quite short term but that back end of the 96 97 season he, uh, he kept us up his goals kept us up that season he scored he was, he was player of the month he was for player April. of the month for Carling player of the month I remember that yeah he <laughs> scored some very important goals for us in fact this is getting to be a bit of a recurring theme um, we played it with a very big win at Nottingham Forest away yeah, we beat them three, one I think it was, but with the game stood at one all, I got subbed and Mickey Evans came on for me and scored two goals. Oh, he was a wonderful player. It's he went back to Plymouth. He did. I played in his testimonial. Oh, really? Yeah, he got a wow. testimonial at Plymouth a few years back. Yeah. I played in it, and Neil Warnock was the referee. 
Was it? <laughs> <laughs> weird world of football. Yeah. I love the description of Mickey Evans. He says like big, brave, muscle, like big presence up front. Yeah, it's that's all Wikipedia like, as well. Yeah, I know. It's like he is a lump. Like by essentially his own admission, he was he was five hundred grand. Good yeah. player. Yeah, no, he did a very good job for us. It was a good half a million pounds spent because. They were very important goals he got for us at the, the back end of that season. I love but the fact was... that the moment I said Plymouth, your first thought was Mickey Evans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but that that was funny, that testimonial game that I played in Mickey's. Mm. Uh, Neil Warnock was obviously refereeing. <laughs> and he was like, obviously I'd been retired a few years at this point and I was probably not at my best. <laughs> but Neil Warnock was like running past me in the game going, come on, he said, I want to see one of them long distance goals. <laughs> so I was like, really? Uh, I'm 40 Neil come on <laughs> give me a break and he was like no no he said I'm going to start giving free kicks on the edge of the box and he did he just randomly blew up for a foul on the edge of the box so I could take a free kick I don't think was, no I don't think I did oh. and a couple of efforts were quite close but that didn't score yeah um other characters, Southampton, Francis Benali. I know you're good yeah. friends. I mean, he seemed like a psychopath. Was he Was he nice? <laughs> On the pitch, he was a psychopath. Um, <laughs> but you would never... It, it was just the biggest cliche that, like, somebody can just change when they go over the white yeah. line. Does that happen I all never, the time? Like, quite a few people do Pepe it. Pepe is actually a nice man. I yeah. was d- disgusted to find that out. Yeah. I mean, Franny got sent off, I don't know, nine or ten times. But yeah. you would not meet a nicer more genuine family man in your life honestly he's probably one of the nicest men I've ever met yeah. but on a football pitch I, I would have been frightened of him if I was playing against him <laughs> in fact that might have been one of the reasons why I never left <laughs> I didn't want to play against him get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of Tom Brady a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Um, should we talk goals? Let's talk about some of the amazing goals. We wanted to know, firstly, about goal of the month. Obviously, you were a fixture on that. Um, but do you get a call? Does anyone <laughs> ring you and go... Oh, how do you find out Yeah, how do you find out? Watching match of the day. Really? <laughs> really? You're sat at home, fingers yeah. crossed. Yep. Going, I've got to make it this month. Yeah, that's how you find out. And do you get a prize? Yeah, you got a little trophy with a little... Uh, really? Yeah. With a little... There's no cash. 
No cash, unfortunately. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, well, you could put the trophy on eBay. I suppose you could do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's in a box in the shed somewhere. I think. <laughs> um, yeah, you had a little little trophy and. Uh, How many goal of the months did you win? Um, it, it wasn't actually that many. I don't mm. think I had a lot of nominations. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I maybe only one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was probably only about three or four actual goal of the month I think I can remember oh, only four goal of the month <laughs> yeah. so. uh, did, you, did you ever score a goal and go that's goal of the month yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think the uh, the goal I got against Newcastle yeah. when I flicked it over a couple of uh, yeah, players yeah, and rolled it in uh, yeah I thought yeah that'll do <laughs> that's that one, if it don't win this month something al- seriously wrong I can always picture for 10 points who uh, not there's any points available <laughs> what was what I've always remember what the advertising hoarding was behind the goal at that point PlayStation Street Fighter Street Fighter 2 so we, we wanted to know if you'd ever played it. Nope. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Because my next no. question was going to be, what character? No. I'm, I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yeah. I, I, I play football and golf on those PlayStations. Yeah. Yeah, nice to get some time off from the job. Yeah. <laughs> Relaxing yeah. with football yeah. and golf on the uh, PlayStation. I, I just counted it as training. <laughs> um, my favourite goal of yours, Blackburn Away. Yes. When the camera pans and Tim Flowers is already in the air, almost horizontal, <laughs> like a complete hopeless expression on his face. Yes. That was a that was a good one. That was nice. That one. Yeah. That was. I mean, obviously, it was it was made a bit more special because Tim was a good mate of mine from Southampton from a couple of years previous. So, and he'd always said when he left, he said, "You'll never score past me." So, uh, <laughs> so it was nice to see that one past him. Um, but the, the lovely thing about that goal, it didn't happen very many times in my career. But I, I remember uh, scoring that goal and hearing the home fans applauding. Really? Yeah. And and that was kind of, I was like, well, that must be quite good. If the, yeah. <laughs> the home fans are even clapping it. <laughs> so uh, well, that was quite nice. And I had a, a goal at Anfield um, oh, yeah, that in one, front yeah. of the cop that I, I kind of flicked over Mark Wright's head a couple of times and, <laughs> and smashed it past Bruce Grobler. <laughs> Uh, and, and the cop gave me a lovely round of applause for that goal. <laughs> yeah, which was applause. nice. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's just some of your goals, like flicking it over a player's head, was almost like a trademark of yours. That like, there's quite a few of your goals that we just shift. Yeah. A bit of body well, the thing is, when you when you don't have much pace, right, you have to think of different ways to get past people. <laughs> and flick it over the head was a good way of doing it. Yeah. Um, I think the other big incident from the 90s that you're involved in and Ooh. in passing is the grey kit incident. Yes. I scored in that game. Yeah, I imagine Southampton won. I doubt there's many <laughs> games that they won that you didn't score. Yeah. So so Manchester United, yeah. first half, 3-0 down grey kits. Yes. What was the first you heard that they were changing their kit? Uh, after the game. You didn't notice? I never noticed. You never noticed? No. <laughs> it wasn't like it was a subtle wasn't a subtle change either, was it? Blue and white stripes. Well, so did uh, no one mention it when you came out? No. Well, I don't know if any of the other players did, but I, I didn't realise until after the game. And it was only when I was walking to my car in the car park, I didn't have press conferences in those days after the yeah, game, yeah. the journalist would just grab you as you're walking to your car in the car park. And this one guy stopped me and he went, uh, he went, oh, well done today, mate. He said, uh, i just ask you what you thought about Man United changing their kit at half-time. I looked at him and I went, did they? <laughs> No one in the dressing room did no one in the dressing room notice it either I hadn't noticed at all I don't know if any of the other lads have felt the same 
I didn't have a clue. Are you just in your own world? I'm just focused on my own team. Obviously, I just want to pass to my own players in my yeah. own kit. And yeah, I, I didn't know it. Wow. Yeah. Did, did they, were they moaning about the kit in the first half when you were smashing no. them? No, you didn't hear it, no? No. And let me tell you, if they'd have won that game 3-0, you would never have heard a moan yeah. from anyone. Yeah. It was the worst excuse I've ever heard for a defeat. <laughs> Sir Alex Ferguson, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> can't believe crazy. you didn't notice. That's crazy. Um, other little bits of trivia we've found. You're on record as saying your favourite movie is Grease. Loved Grease. <laughs> What's your favourite song? Massive, massive Grease fan. Um, I must have watched. It's the only film I think that I've ever watched the whole way through more than 20 times. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Did it filter through to like the dressing room at soundtrack getting ready for a game? Did you ever pick a game? No, they, they never, they never let me be in charge of the music before. Who was in charge of the music? Uh, Glenn Cockrell, I think, was in charge of early doors. Um, and then it was a, a variety of people. But and what, I, kind of, what kind of tunes was Glenn Cockrell knocking out? <laughs> Not as well, I, think, I, think, I ever thought I think, I'd I think, say. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Glenn was the one who chose the song that we came out to at the Dell. You know, when you come out. Oh, yeah. Three, and what did you come out to? You'll never. You, you could, this is a good trivia question. Yeah. We used to come out to Shout to the Top. Do you not remember that from the 80s? It's one of those new romantic yeah. 80s. Oh, wow. So, yeah. um, Plymouth come out to Semper Fidelis, the, uh, which is a piece of kind of American military music, I think. <laughs> wow. Apart from one year when Neil Warnock changed it to Simply the Best. <laughs> one year only. <laughs> no, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Style Council. Style Council. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout to the Shout top. To the top. Oh, just him. wow. Yeah. Um, and were the players all on board with this? Were they like, yeah, get, get this gets us going? I didn't really care, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really, uh, I wasn't really a music buff, in, but it, it didn't really get, I used to go, and this is what I used to do, about 10 to 3, Mm. on the day of the game I would go and everyone was like in the change room getting really hyped up and you know, slapping each other and come on and I, and I used to take myself off at 10 to 3 and go sit in the medical room uh, on the bed in the medical room and just sit there and wait for the bell to go really and let everyone kind of get hit up and, and I was what like because I wanted to be nice and calm yeah because I that was kind of how I played best yeah um, so I just used to leave them to it and go and sit in the medical room and and relax for a few minutes. You yeah. even found space. <laughs> exactly. So what, in, in the build-up, like the hour before a game, when does the team talk happen in that situation? Because I don't really know what's going on. Uh, the, okay, so the team gets announced. Or some does he managers... literally read them out like Dermot O'Leary on the X Factor start? Like, uh, he he did not he... read them, no. He'd, he'd, he'd verbalise it, yeah. Okay. So he'll go... And does anyone ever go, oh, come on... <laughs> <laughs> Not immediately, <laughs> but if you if you've been left out and the manager like will say the team go there you go everyone get ready and he leaves and there's a couple of times you see a player just following him out. <laughs> Quite word. Has the team ever changed because the players like I can't believe I'm left out. I'm having yeah. a word and then he comes back and goes actually yeah no I'm going to change the team. Yeah you know like in The Apprentice when someone yeah. argues their way out of the boardroom. Yeah. Does that ever happen? I don't remember that happening though. No. Does anyone yeah. when their names read out ever go yes? No. <laughs> you don't want to make a knobby as well. You just sit there and manage to say... And so he'll say the team, he'll then go, and then you won't hear from him then until probably six or seven minutes to three. Really? When, yeah, yeah, so you'll you get your kit on, you go out, do your warm-up, come back in, get all your strappings on, whatever you do, uh, and then... He'll come and have a chat. Is there not a just before tactical you go out. discussion? No, you'd have done that. You'd have already done that. No, you'd on, had uh, on the so Friday. this is just the motivational one. Yeah. This is just 
Yeah, it's uh, just there wasn't it, they didn't do a great deal, and then at half time that's when they kind of the balls get thrown. And, what's the yeah. wor- what's the worst half time you've ever experienced? Um, I think Chris Nickel got quite upset once at half time and threw something, but he, I don't think he quite realised that when he threw it, I can't remember what it was he threw, but he threw it and there's a whole tray cups of tea like scalding hot tea and he's thrown something and it smashed the tray and the tea has gone everywhere but, and then a couple of lads are looking going that, that's my Hugo Boss suit that's just gone <laughs> <laughs> but they weren't brave enough to say anything um, also I've heard you've never drunk a pint of lager in your life never still to this day how does that happen as a footballer I thought that was I hate the taste of it. Mm. I hate the smell of it. First mm. of all, that's what kind of put me off, really. Um, so I didn't bother tasting it. I did once. Uh, we were in a we were on a club trip to Marbella, mid-season bonding break. <laughs> uh, and uh, what happens the, the, on the, things what, like what that? I drink? Just drinking. You get pissed. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was not a lot of trading. It was like three or four days. And that, and Southampton are paying for that, or are you all? paying for it yourself no no club are paying for that we have to take spending money actually we used to get an allowance of spending money it was like did you per DM 14 quid a day (laughs) something ridiculous like that it was was enough for about two Malibu and Cokes in those days (laughs) that's what I used to drink that's what I still drink actually Um, so I thought these Malibu and Cokes are quite expensive so I thought I haven't really got that much money I'll try a beer so I had a bottle of San Miguel yeah I got about halfway down the bottle and I, next thing I know I'm over the railings of the, <laughs> in the port at, at Marbay in Port Banus throwing up over some bloke's expensive yacht oh <laughs> and I've never touched a drop of beer ever since <laughs> yeah. wow. so I've had a few swigs of San Miguel which made me sick and that was it Blimey. Well, last couple of bits of business. The, we've got a competition where we're both going to give you a present and you've got to say... You can only keep one of them. You can only keep one of them. Oh. And you've got to say which is the best present. Yeah. Okay, oh, cool. And that's so... Okay. I'm they're, gonna, they're 90s football related. Yeah, of course. So here is, here's my present to you, Matt. Oh, thank you very there much. You if you open that For up, those of you listening to this podcast who can't see what I'm doing now, <laughs> this is looking suspiciously like a teacup. <laughs> <laughs> Not very well disguised. And... Uh, <laughs> And it looks very much like one of my previous managers. It's and one of my previous teammates, <laughs> Graham Sooners, on one side of my teacup, yeah. <laughs> and the magnificent Ali Deer <laughs> on the other side. I don't know how to get it made. Well, you know, hey, that's really clever. Have you done I know, that? Well, I will say, big thank you to Snappy Snaps <laughs> and Soho this morning who have oh. been, <laughs> been marvellous. Excellent plug. Uh, I've I'm got excited. You something that I bought drunkenly on eBay. Oh. Ooh. Drunken eBay purchase. Yeah. This could be interesting. <laughs> um, it's the 1996 shoot annual. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and you'll you see all the big names. Platt, Giggs, Wright, Anderson, Cantona, Letitia. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cole Ferguson, McStay, Collie Mark, Shearer, <laughs> How's he Collins, Loudrop, Ince, and many others. Wow. There you go. Now, I'll leaf through. It's a picture of you. In a waistcoat. It's not me with Terry Christian. Is wow. It? Yes. Uh, it is you with Terry Christian. <laughs> Both I, of you with Terry Christian at Planet Hollywood. I know it, yeah. You're wearing a waistcoat. Uh, I am not quite sure. Yeah, everyone else has there. turned up in a tux. You've turned up in a waistcoat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gary Mabbott was named 
Nice guy of the um, year. Nice guy of the year. <laughs> I think I, did I win goal of the year or something? Like you won player of the two, year. I got and two goal awards. Of the season. Yeah, I had two awards yeah. that day. Yeah. They're, they're both in the shed as well. <laughs> yeah. So there you which go. one do you prefer? Uh, it's tough. But just for sheer practical reasons, I'm running a bit low on teacups at the oh, moment. Oh, yes. Oh, come on. <laughs> yes. Right, I get the peep shoot. I'm <laughs> pleased. I'm going to keep this. That will be a great talking point in my also, house. Also, when you, when you fill it with hot water, uh, Graham Sooness undresses. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing, we know you're a massive Countdown fan. I you, am. In front, of you I is, in front of you is a piece of paper. If you turn it, if you turn that up the other way around. Well, well, don't look at it yet. Don't look at it yet. Look at it yet. The conundrum is Mikooknun, to spell that M-E-K-O-O-K-N-U-N. You've got 30 seconds. It's an ex-player, obviously, an ex-teammate of yours. Time starts now. Ken Monkow. Oh, Two seconds! Oh, come on. <laughs> Barely got the countdown bed in. Two seconds! <laughs> Amazing. Thank you very uh, much, Matt. Matt it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Cheers, Legend. guys. Cheers, thank you. Pleasure. Cheers. Good to, good to see you both. Facing May once more, he's round Pallister, he's round May. Oh, and he chips Schmeichel, and that is a sublime piece of skill. It's Josh, Matt Letissier there for your entertainment. What are your thoughts about that, man? I love that. What a start. <laughs> I mean, it's unfollowable. <laughs> very much the menswear, one album, which is apt <laughs> considering the content of the podcast. <laughs> Should we just end it there? Just end yeah, the I, series. I wonder whether we should do it like the Stone Roses and then it's five years till the next just split us. <laughs> <laughs> Problem with Quickly Kevin was they're all on different drugs between the podcasts. It's very difficult for them to... Um, some things that we want from people on that before we go. So sponsors, which is a big thing for us. We like sponsors. Yeah. Um, so did you have any sponsors for your club in the 90s that you had no idea what it is? Or were you involved with sponsorship at all in Premier oh, League yeah. football? Like, did you ever meet a footballer through sponsorship? Yes. Were you unhappy with a sponsorship decision you made? Did you never understand did a sponsorship? You ever, did you ever sponsor a match? You know the people that sponsor the <laughs> yeah. match and they get to hold the match ball yeah. with the man of the match? My dad sponsored, uh, yeah, sponsored a football Sponsored did West it? Ham Norwich, 94-95. He sponsored the ball. It was a home win, and Gary Megson was the Norwich manager. Oh, very nice. Any anecdotes about that match, listener? Um, other things that came up, footballers and food, because he bumped into Glenn Hoddle. Um, have you ever seen a football in a restaurant or just seen them eat? What did they eat? Oh, it has to be 90s, obviously. Well, yeah, I, yeah I, I have actually. Have I, you? Yeah, I, I went to university in Southampton in the late 90s. Did you watch Letitia and Oddle? <laughs> in the kebab house. <laughs> I, Were you the third person? I was that? the waiter. Um, <laughs> no, but Francis Benali, I believe, used to own a curry house in Southampton in the student quarters. And uh, oh, yeah. when you would walk in, instead of like a, a shrine to Vishnu or, you know, other, other religious figures are available, <laughs> yeah, they are um, there was a picture of Francis Benali in a saint's kit <laughs> surrounded by candles and flowers and well, like he died <laughs> and like it was, he died. was he blue and did he have lots of arms yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I was in there one night and he and uh, Matt Letizia were in there having dinner at the oh, restaurant really? yeah, yeah. on that this is the absolute silver bullet of this topic have you ever waited for a footballer in the 90s and what did they tip yeah <laughs> yeah um have you got anything on Ali Dyer? Anything? Have you met anything him? about the Dell? What's he been up to? The weird stand? Yeah, and, and the Dell. We love the Dell. And also, like, we, we were interested about weird grounds in the 90s. Like, Dell had that weird stand that we became a little yeah. bit obsessed with. 
What other weird peculiarities of 90s football I, Do I remember rightly that the car park at Stamford Bridge was between the goal and the stand? Well, I thought it was companies would sponsor to put their cars behind the goal. Oh, this right. is all I can assume. I, right. Do you know more about this? People yeah. will know more no, no, about no, this than me. A, a clear one that people should know about. Um, that's it. That's what we're looking for. Sponsors, footballers and food. Ali Dyer, Stadium Quirks. Um, how do people get in touch, Michael? So you can email us, hello at quicklykevin.com. Twitter is at quicklykevin. And then Facebook and Instagram are both quicklykevin. We're quite excited about the Instagram, aren't we? Tell the listeners your thoughts. I your just want thoughts. to put up a different photo of a 90s player with a hashtag of their name. <laughs> Who's not going to follow that? I'm worried it's going to get more popular than my quite weak Instagram. <laughs> we should review that at the end of the season and see who is the most liked oh, 90s great football idea. Race. What a wonderful idea. And then get them on the show. Side bet early on. Who would you predict right now would be the most popular? Okay, I've got quite a good one. Okay. Because I think Man U, obviously, is a good place to go, but you want to go rare. Yeah. So I'm going to go with, uh, was it William Prunier, the French uh, oh, centre-back that they lovely. signed? Was he on Eric Cantona's recommendation? Uh, he might have been, yes, yeah. David May might go down well. Well, you've, got, you've gone for Prunier. Oh, right, so, right, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the answer. Uh, Taibi? Oh, that's the, a good one. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, if you're sticking to Man United, uh, Carol Paborski, I think. Yeah, I don't know whether he'd qualify to be on our Instagram. <laughs> he might be on uh, Obvious 90s Players Instagram. <laughs> That we're about. Um, we're about. We should just trail. So we're doing 11 in this first series. We've got some exciting episodes. What I'd describe as already in the bag. Yeah, stick around. We're discussing Bobby Gould with Ellis James. We're discussing uh, the Graham Taylor documentary, An Impossible Job with Tom Crane. And we've got Miles Jacobson, yeah. Mr. Football Manager, in to discuss Championship Manager yeah. in the 90s. It'll be more, a bunch more exactly. guests. Did someone say Ian Pierce TBC? Hello. Hello. <laughs> Bang. Just pick that name up and drag it out. Yeah, well, I think that's a good way to end. Thank you for <laughs> listening. Please subscribe and sign up to the mailing list. Quickly, Kevin.com. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.